0: It's the TEH Podcast, episode 152. I'm Leo Notenboom of AskLeo.com. And I'm Gary Rosenzweig of MacMost.com. So, yeah. Gary, I, I, I normally start by asking, how are things down there? But <laughs> I understand that things are, are well, traumatic or in turmoil. Or, yeah, I don't know what e- the right answer is. We but.
1: Boy, did we have a last couple of days of 2021 here in Colorado, I'll tell you. I mean... Uh first thing that happened is uh, a few days before the end of the year we had a a, a, a mass shooting downtown. Um I even that missed was, that.
0: I didn't know that, yeah.
1: Uh is particularly disturbing it was a man who uh basically wrote books about killing very specific individuals in Denver and uh published those books. Uh you know, self-published those books mm-hmm. and uh even had a following and then went out and killed those exact people. Wow. And, yeah, I mean, it, you know. Uh, so well-loved members of the community and all of that and, and not too far from me. Um, and then, uh, Colorado basically caught on fire. Uh, we had those fires that they were between Denver and Boulder and I'm in Denver. Um, but, uh, so it was far away from, from them. Um, but still, uh, just the incredible situation where, you know, we're used to having wildfires, you know, wildfires are a thing here in Colorado. There's wildfire season and all of that. Um, but typically they're, in the wilderness, you know, if you've got a house among trees in the wilderness, up in the mountains, right? occasionally there are wildfires, your house may be in danger. It's the trees that are burning and your house kind of gets in the way. Right. Right. <laughs> this was a different thing altogether. This was down in an area with very few trees. Uh, basically, it's best described as suburban uh-huh. and some suburban neighborhoods. Well known. Everybody knows where they are. Everybody drives through them all the time. And we had a windstorm where we had these conflicting winds um, basically swirling around and creating massive gusts. I, I actually could feel that down here in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then something caught fire and dry conditions. We've had the driest last six months in the history of this area. Mm-hmm. And all these, not forests, but grass fields, basically, uh, kind of natural landscaping fields mm-hmm. uh, basically caught on fire and with the wind whipping around um, the embers just jumped everywhere mm-hmm. and in particular they liked houses probably because the houses were all made of wood probably right. because the embers could get up in between siding and things mm-hmm. and the wind was enough to actually fuel them Right, and burned down in a matter of hours burned down 991 homes wow in a most bizarre, Pat, you've got neighborhoods that were completely wiped out. Mm-hmm. You've got neighborhoods where most of the houses were wiped out and a few houses are completely fine with mm-hmm. like nothing on either side of them. Just, you know, uh, it look, looked like a, a construction crew came in and removed the houses on either side. You just see the foundations. Um, you've got other neighborhoods where there are two or three houses that burned right in the middle of everything and all the rest of the houses were fine. You have a lot of uh, trees in the front yard, in the backyard, untouched like the trees probably had enough moisture I'm thinking to fight off the embers and the houses did not so you have situations where you have the houses gone and the front yard and backyard tree are still there uh which is un, you know crazy it's weird now
0: do crazy. i understand correctly that there have been no fatalities yet
1: as of now, the no fatalities. There are still, I believe, two people missing, missing and right. it's been it's been assumed one of those, an elderly person that was known to be in their house and uh, and not leave it, um, is probably a fatality. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is pretty incredible that we may end up with only two, considering right. 991 homes burned. Yeah, it, that's pretty it, impressive. It's, it's uh, yeah. So, you know, but it was a very urban area. I mean, streets everywhere, services everywhere, you know, police, fire departments. I mean, you know, and the area it covered, you know, you could literally have just been like, you know, oh, I can't get to my car. I'll just walk out, you know, I'll walk down this bike trail over to this neighborhood and I'm fine. Mm -hmm. So, you know, which is a lot better than sometimes the wilderness fire situation where you can't just right. You know, and and everything out.
0: constricts down to a single road that everybody's on and all that. Exactly. Kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it just, just, uh, I mean, amazing, amazingly horrible thing that happened. So, yeah. So it's just been, I mean, and, and you know, uh, just seeing Colorado in the national news, uh, right. we also had a legal case that was in the national news that morning. And then we had this fire and I'm like, all right, why am I suddenly living at the center of the the uh, universe here
0: (laughs) exactly exactly well i'm glad that um uh you you weren't affected of course and i know that um we have a lot of friends in common in the boulder and other you know related areas and to the best of my knowledge none of them have been affected either which is which is a blessing so very cool very very cool that they're safe and and gosh and what was it? it was like Ah, uh, six inches of snow basically put yeah. all out.
1: Yeah, because the wind was basically the front moving in, right? So right. then, then twenty-four hours after the you know, the fire started, we had snow falling. So you know, I mean, you know, all six months of dryness that caused the fires, and all of a sudden, there's a blanket of snow lying on everything. Right? It, you know, the timing could not have been.
0: It's very bizarre.
1: Worse. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just, really, it, just yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Well,
0: let us move on from things on fire, shall we? Yes. <laughs> um, so I wanted to give a bit of an update on my TV repair dilemma. Mm-hmm. I mentioned this probably last week and the week before, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. or the episode before, that uh, my 65-inch Samsung Plasma TV had just suddenly s- stopped working. And it's, what about a... F- Gosh, I, I actually did look it up. It's older than I thought it was. It's like five or six years old, if not seven. Uh, so you know, it's it's done good duty for us as these things go. Uh, it was uh, pricey at the time we purchased it. So what I was the dilemma that I was facing was, of course, repair or replace the the standard dilemma for a lot of electronics these days. Uh, there's a part of me that did not want to uh, you know take this large piece of electronic equipment and just discard it, especially since a little bit of research seemed to indicate that there were a couple of common failures that could result in the symptoms that I was seeing. And it was within my wheelhouse to actually uh, potentially replace a couple of circuit boards. So I took the TV down. Uh, It's heavy enough that it was a two-person job. Uh, And took the back of the TV off, and I think I posted a picture on Facebook. I'll see if I can't link to it somewhere. Uh, You get to see the open innards of a 65-inch Samsung Plasma TV. To make a very long story short, I did spend a fair amount of time uh, looking at it, researching it, the kinds of things that I was hoping to find. Uh, There's a certain failure mode, which was considered the most common one, that would have actually had a physical thing to look for on the circuit boards, Uh, essentially a capacitor that had exploded or basically failed. They usually bulge when that happens. Mm -hmm. Didn't find any of that. More research, some YouTube videos, more research, some YouTube videos. (sighs) I gave up. Um, The the TV is back together. Um, It is slated for being taken out to our Local Electronics Recycling Place, which will actually apparently take TVs, uh, even of this size, for free. Oh, so I, lucky. All I have to do is is basically get someone to help me throw it in my car and then uh, drive it out there. It's even close. It's not even that far away. Huh. The dilemma I was facing, of course, was that, well, this is a seven-year-old TV. It's you know HD. It was great. It looked good and all that kind of stuff. And... Uh, The newer TVs, of course, are all 4K UHD, uh, lighter, bigger, all you know, sexier. Everything you might want in a TV. Here's another thing that I tried really, really hard not to let me influence the ultimate decision, not to let influence the ultimate decision. And that was that I think I've mentioned before that my office is currently being remodeled, Mm -hmm. and one of the things that I'm putting into my office is, in fact. A TV, something that I will probably use for some of the videos that I produce. I'll be able to, you know, have a TV that I can throw my monitor onto and then do some, you know, walk and talk in front of the monitor and point to things physically as opposed to just sort of having a talking head in the corner. Something I want to play with at some point in the future. Hmm. So I purchased that TV. And given that our main TV was dead, when the new TV arrived, I started using it in its place. So we've been watching TV. Um, and as we'll get to later, we've been watching a lot of TV uh, that uh, on this new TV. And of course, yes, it's 4K, although I were not watching any of the 4K uh, streams just yet. But uh, it was much, much better. I mean, even in HD. The new 4K TV, to me, is visibly sharper, better, brighter, all the good things you might want out of a picture. So that was encouraging. And like I said, I tried really, really hard not to let that influence my decision. But um, as it turns out, the buy now button got pushed last night on Mm a... uh, uh, the one that I, that was going to fit in my office i think is like a 50 inch and the one that's going up on our wall will be a uh, a 75 inch basically the same tv just bigger yeah so that's the um the conclusion to the story assuming that you know the new tv arrives and it all works well um that's where we landed that uh, sometimes you know what repair or replace it's a struggle You want to be able to repair things, but the cost of repairing things, having a professional repair it is out of the question compared to the replacement uh, cost and the attempt, you know, I made a valiant attempt to repair it myself and failed. So there you go. New TV time.
1: Cool. Cool. Yeah. I tried to, you're lucky that you can recycle TVs for free. I actually uh, finally got around to uh, at least taking the first step on recycling an old 23 inch HD TV. My first HETV it hasn't right. been working for years. It's been in the basement. I finally said, oh, I should I should go and get that. There's a coupon that you can get from the city of Denver mm. to, for recycling. And the strange thing is the, the coupon, you still have to pay. <laughs> it's $10 for a TV. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure that I could probably find some place to recycle the TV for $10. Right. So I'm not sure what the coupon is actually getting me. <laughs> and I still have to take it load it up. I still have to take it to a private recycler that the coupon is meant for. Right. Um, and all of that. And it's basically, it's like after all these years, well, it's not getting any better. Nobody has come around saying, Hey, free. TV recycling if anybody wants it. It just hasn't happened. So I'm like, oh, pay the $10 and get rid yep. of the, yep. the TV. Um,
0: what I thought was kind of funny when I was researching, you know, where, where can I take this thing? Because I was actually concerned that most of the recyclers would have, you know, we'll only take TVs up to this size. But no, they, yeah. take, the, they take the full ones. Uh, the <laughs> It was important that the TV be assembled. Uh, oh. They'll recycle it for free if it's put together. Mm. If you've taken it apart, yeah, then they charge by the pound. And this is a big, te- I mean, I swear this thing's probably 50 or 60 pounds. So um, I made sure to put the back back on <laughs> before I, before I set yes. it aside. Yeah. But I we don't know actually... what, what, you know, what disassembled really means. I mean, not having the back on it, all the boards are in there, but I, yeah, I just didn't want to take that risk. So I, well, I did see
1: that there was a different, like a whole different note about if the screen is cracked. The screen is cracked. It's a whole different ballgame. There was a whole bunch of stuff I didn't bother reading because the screen isn't cracked. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I do have, uh, you know, to go off on a, a recycling tangent. Sure. Um, I did find a there's a company here in Denver. It's called the Happy Beetle, um, and it's a private company subscription service. And basically, what they do is they pick up from your front porch once a month. Uh, they give you bags, and you could fill those bags with a list of things. And they specialize in what the city doesn't get. In other words, like one of the main things they don't take is cardboard because the city takes cardboard, right? Right. It's free. You don't need to do that, but there's a bunch of stuff. The city does not take like batteries, for instance. Mm -hmm. Um, So they have this long list of things the city does not take and you could pay, I think it's like $14 a month and they just pick up your bags and then give you new bags every month and you have a a regular pickup day. You get a text message the night before saying, Hey, your pickup day is tomorrow. And, um, and they have, and you could, uh, one of the cool things is, is, you know, the, this huge list of things, including stuff that's, I, I don't know what the term is, but, you know, n- not really recycled, but reused is, is the term. So you could actually put clothing in there. Interesting. And, you know, good clothing, that's fine. I think, for instance, we put a, I put a pair of gloves and a hat and, you know, I didn't need and stuff. It's per- perfectly fine stuff in there and they will find, you know, they, I don't know if they take it to Goodwill or if they, you know, they have a variety, they have a whole list on their site of charities and things they work with, um, but they do actually take TVs. That would have been my other thing, uh, but right. TVs are separate, right? So you pay the $14 a month and there's a long list of things that you could do. The TVs, you you can leave a TV out there, put a note on it saying, this is for you guys. And then they bill you separately for that. So they, they either look at the size or weigh it or whatever.
0: It's um, probably more than $10.
1: It, it it may be, it may be. It's hard to it's hard to say. Now, uh, one of the uh, the cool things that they do, uh, and the reason we've even found them was they take a lot of the Amazon packaging that the city does not. So, like Amazon likes to send out those blue and white envelopes that are kind of bubble wrap inside of plastic. Right. They take those and recycle those.
0: Yeah, we get so much um, bubble wrap and air pocket wrap and all that yeah. kind of stuff that you know, you have to spend time deflating it so that it doesn't take up spo- so much space in your garbage can. Cause that's the only place we can send it. So
1: yeah, they'll, they'll actually take, they'll take the uh, air pockets too. You just, you pop those and they'll take those. They'll take almost any kind of plastic, as long as it stretches, you know? Um, and they um, But you know, the strange thing is that they don't take and the city doesn't take is those, the yellow Amazon envelopes that have like the bubble wrap in there. If it's, yellow colored and it's got like the bubble wrap built in the right. city doesn't take them. This company that will recycle like anything right. won't take them. It's like, what are these things made of? <laughs> it's like, okay, they go in the trash. I get it. But it's like, ah, that's kind of like every time I get one, but um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a kind of a neat thing. It's uh, it's it interesting.
0: Also, I've heard I mean, of it before because um, a friend of ours, there's a very, very similar service up here. Yeah. And we uh, found out about it from a friend of ours who is subscribed. And rather than subscribing ourselves, we just periodically give him all the stuff that would, you know, yeah. qu- qualify. It's like uh, the one that uh, my wife is continually saving up until recently are the uh, plastic grocery bags. Mm. They'll take all the plastic grocery bags and recycle them. There's a bunch of other stuff that they'll do too much, very much like what you've just described. Up here, plastic grocery bags are now, um, do I want to say illegal? Anyway, yeah. you don't see them anymore.
1: It's the same uh, in Denver. They uh, we yeah. got rid of those last year. I mean, you can't. You, if you want them in a supermarket, it's ten cents a piece.
0: Yes, I think it's seven yeah. cents here, something like yeah. that. The same idea, but um, but yeah. And the other recycling scenario that we have is a "quote unquote" hazardous waste, which is something that you know they'll take uh-huh. the oil based paints, the paint, uh, the uh, Uh, empty gas cans, the old batteries that you were discussing earlier, uh, all that kind of stuff. And I just set stuff aside and it's usually a drive-through thing. So I just, you know, throw everything in the back of the car and um, they take it. It was fluorescent lights was the other big one. The uh, uh, fluorescent lights, you're not supposed to break them in order to make them fit into your garbage can. Yeah. So years ago, what does the electrician do with some old eight foot fluorescent lights, but put half of them in my garbage can, break them and throw the stamps. down. No, sure. No, yeah.
1: Don't do that. I know it's, uh, yeah, I, I do like having a monthly pickup for this stuff though, because yeah. I find that the Sunday before the pickup. Now we've done this a few times. It, it's a, it becomes a task. Oh, they're picking up Monday morning. Yes. Hmm, let me go through the basement. Let me go through the closet, my office. Let's yep. look around and, you know, and the, maybe the city recycling pit. Well, the city recycling doesn't pick up very much, mostly cardboard anyway, right. but, having, you know, regular weekly things. It's like, you don't think to do that. This monthly schedule really has got us cleaning some stuff out. Yeah. Um, yep. So, it. uh, so it's good. So, so yeah. is the world ended for Other Y2K years. yet? <laughs> I, I, you know, I mean, it's a little late, but I'm glad to see that Y2K finally ended the world.
0: This one cracks me up. Yeah. Um. Uh, and it, it it's funny because there was, of all things, Corgi related. Um, I'm a (laughs) a moderator on a mailing list that's hosted by um, a university. Um, They just let us use the uh, the mailing list software because we've got a couple people that work there who are on the list, administrators on the list. And on January 1st, we started having problems. And um, all of a sudden, I noticed then that uh, there was a discussion going on in the Microsoft old timers group on Facebook, where a bunch of people that used to work on Exchange were talking about, hey, have you seen this? It's the Y2K22 bug. Um, It is um, hopefully getting fixed right now, but it's a bug in the Microsoft Exchange mail server that uh, is literally a date rollover bug. Uh, mm-hmm. They were storing the date and time, apparently, in uh, an, un, I'm sorry, a signed long integer. Now, what that means is a four-byte uh, representation of a number that can range between roughly minus 2 billion to positive, Two billion. It's actually billion one hundred forty-seven thousand. I'm sorry, two billion one hundred forty-seven million four hundred eighty-three thousand six hundred forty-seven, plus mm-hmm. or minus. If you'll notice something interesting about that number, it begins with twenty-one, and on January the first, they were storing something that began with twenty-two, which falls outside of that range, which caused the software to error out. Um, if I re- understand correctly, uh, it was a security layer within the exchange server that um, would stop working, basically, because uh, this number. So what they were doing, uh, again, apparently, is storing the date as a two-digit year, a two-digit month, a two-digit day, and then probably a four-digit timestamp. And when you put that all together, uh, it goes from $2 billion 100 million and something to 2 billion, 200 billion million and something, and that don't fit no more. My understanding is the uh, the quick fix that they implemented was to turn it into an unsigned uh, 32-bit number, which basically means that it then ranges from zero to uh, four billion and something. So it's a it'll be a problem that we'll run into again in. 20, Punt. 24, 2042,
1: 20 I think, or something like that. Yeah. Problem for those engineers, right?
0: Exactly. Well, that's, that's how a lot movement. of, how a lot of these issues get addressed because there's, there's a, uh, a raft of these little date things. Like there's a Unix uh, thing that happens in what, 2030 something. Uh, yeah. Another, it's another case of, you know, a date being stored into a number that it really isn't intended to hold something as large as it will be on that day. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. I've got a link to uh, at least one article on the topic for those who are so inclined. Uh, but yeah, y2k22 uh, it's it's still happening. it's exact same kind of scenario. Uh, where it's a simple date rollover that uh, wasn't wasn't accounted for when the software was originally written. Exchange is old enough, by the way, that this particular... I don't know that this is the case, but it is conceivable that this particular piece of code was probably written uh, as many as 20 or 30 years ago because <laughs> Exchange was, in fact, being used within Microsoft and corporations uh, while I was still there, and I've been out of there for 20 years. I don't think so, it could
1: be written that long ago because of the first two digits... Are the you know the year oh that's right then, they would have had to deal with y2k so they the would day. have so after y2k was over right and that mess was behind us right some engineer went and said <laughs> good enough this is a good idea <laughs> who cares about 22 years in the future i won't be here in in 2022 <laughs> let them figure it out <laughs> yeah so it's kind of incredible that it, that happened but OK, it
0: was it was like I said, it was pretty funny. And of course, like I said, you know, we, we hear about this in the Microsoft old timers group, which is actually a, a, a mixture of uh, some current employees that have been there for a really long time. And then folks like me who were there for a really long time, but have since left. Um, and, you know, as always, these are, are interesting discussions. You, you hear a little bit of the backstory. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to follow up on, real briefly, was last week we talked about NFTs. Lots and lots and lots of discussion about NFTs. NFTs. Um, I wiped I've, it from my memory. I have no idea what we. Yeah, about. well, I'm. You know, <laughs> l- like I said at that time, I didn't know what I was talking about. I still don't know what I'm talking about, but that didn't stop me from talking about it. The um, there was an interesting article uh, that I ran across. Again, I'll be a link in the show notes where. Uh, a bunch of NFTs were quote unquote stolen. So how do you steal an NFT? Well, it boils down to, uh, you may remember that last week I talked about the fact that A digital wallet, if you will, or or the the NFTs are actually things on a blockchain that are protected or identified as yours by your having the appropriate private key, the secret key that identifies you as the owner of those things. That secret key is the key to everything. You can guess where this is going. Mm -hmm. Somebody had his secret key stolen, um, which is just literally it's a number right it's just yeah. a big number in a particular format but it is just uh you know the, the like i said one half of a cryptographic uh, key pair and then with that key the thief was able to do whatever he wanted to do which presumably at that point was sell himself the nfts for an incredibly low pr- low price even though they were valued in terms of millions of dollars uh, so this is a case where, you know, we all think data theft is a pain in the butt when it happens to us. Somebody steals our credit card number, somebody steals some data from our machine. This is a case where uh, there's an entire class of additional security that is strongly recommended for digital wallets. and that is to not have your digital wallet connected to the internet. Have it be something that is offline and hmm. only used like you know, on a secure USB stick or, or something like that and only have it be used when you're, you know, have it be connected to anything when you're actually making a transaction. But that didn't happen in this case. And uh, it's unclear because unlike the standard, uh, you know, I, I don't even know what you want to say, you know, rules of engagement for purchasing things, there would be um, an authority to go to. To say, hey, this person stole it and this really belongs to me. There might be a bunch of hoops to jump through, but there would be a way of getting it back. One of the claims to fame, if you will, of the blockchain and NFTs and decentralized finance and all that stuff is that there is no authority, which has a lot of pros and this one really, really big con. Um, there's nobody to turn to if somebody steals your wallet. Hmm. So, uh, as many people have pointed out, yeah, you know, there are some, some rough edges of this whole cryptocurrency NFT DAO that need to be worked out. Yeah. I think (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. like, this is the, this is a really, really big one. Um, and I just thought it was an interesting and timely follow-up to our discussion last week.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, man, I still, I still don't know what to think of, of, of all of it, but I, um, but I don't know. I feel better after I talk that I'm not doing anything with NFTs because it is kind of nice sometimes when the, uh, alternative is, you know, to whatever is going on is simply not to do anything, Right? (laughs) you you know, you don't have to, there's like, Oh, there's NFTs going on. I have to choose this or that. No, just ignore it.
0: I've done a little bit, right. I've got, I've got some, I think I might have like a thousand dollars or something in, in Bitcoin or Ethereum or something like that. But bottom line is that um, it's not an investment for me. Uh, The only reason I own those at all is because I wanted to see the technology in action um, and see what happens and watch it go up and down and, you know, that kind of stuff. I continue to pay attention to the technology because, like I said last week, I really do think that there is a lot of promise in some of the things that it may be able to do, But I don't think that the current hype necessarily matches that promise. And as we've just discovered, there are definitely some issues that still need to get worked out.
1: Uh, Um, Hey, Leo, let me ask you this. Uh Uh-oh. What's your favorite story out of CES so far?
0: (laughs) Uh, the number of companies that aren't going.
1: Oh, okay. So <laughs> the, uh, yeah, that's I'm actually fine. a better answer than I expected. I expected to be like, I, 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 you know, cause I didn't really even, I mean, I haven't seen anything yet that would be that exciting, you know, granted it's a bit, you know, hard to have a, a good CES with, you know, the pandemic going on. Right. I think um, the
0: answer I wanted to give was CES. Is that thing?
1: Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of my, you know, but then even looking at a lot of the stories, there's a lot of the still underlying, like, you know, new, some new chips coming sure. out, yep. some new laptops. Yeah, I did see a displays. couple of those this morning
0: from Microsoft. You know, and,
1: yeah. Nothing, nothing like, oh, here's a whole new device that's going to revolutionize everything. It's, you know, so um, anyway, but I thought it was worth just mentioning, at least acknowledging CES, because, you know, maybe after the dust settles, maybe next week. I'll be able to find something because you think, uh, you know, on uh, a show that is or at least used to be called Tech Enthusiast Hour, that we'd get some really cool, like enthusiastic tech out of uh, CES. Um, so
0: the so it's funny because CES used to be a thing to go to. Um, yeah, I I've been to it like two or three times years ago, and uh, it was always overwhelming Mm. um there's just so much going on um boots on the ground there and of course that's not happening but the other side the other thing that i keep in mind whenever i see stories coming out of ces is that i think it was the last one that i attended the big thing i mean the really big thing that you could not walk away from you you just turn another corner and there's another instance of it was 3d tv Mm. And we saw what happened to that, (laughs) right? Absolutely nothing. So uh, I always, whenever I take a look at CES and stories coming out of CES or consider going to CES again someday, um, it's always with that big bag of salt that says, you know what, maybe, maybe five or 10% of what you actually stumble into will have an impact. Uh, But the rest of it, while it's interesting and cute and maybe fun to play with, uh, probably will never see the light of day.
1: Yeah, well, that's you know. the way it is with a lot of these big shows. It was with e three the you know, the game show too, a lot right. of big games. as a matter of fact, um I, I was well, I might talk about this uh, in another show, but you know, I started playing Halo Infinite and, um, you know, the latest in the Halo series. and mm-hmm. it's been a long number of years since Halo Five, the last installment. Mm-hmm. Um, and the difference here, uh, for me is most of the time when I'm thinking of games I'm the only one in my household that knows that the game even exists <laughs> um, not true with halo right the rest of my family knows about halo right Halo is the one video game that has like you know gotten to, to everybody else um so the question came up what took them so long to come out with, this new version of the game. How could it possibly take so long to make a new version? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, that's not the right question. the right question is, or the, you know, maybe the answer is that it got done at all because most video games just don't get done. Right. Um, you put a ton of money, ton of people, uh, missed deadlines, things going on for years and years, and uh, and if the game actually gets released, that's the uh, you know, that's an incredible rare thing. Um so you're the Halo's Xbox only correct? I I'm pretty sure cuz it's Microsoft. Yeah, so they're Well, I they think want...
0: they're I'm trying to remember if they've got a PC version of it or not. They
1: I, I they might. I know yeah. they have obviously the other uh ones. I don't know if this one it might be a PC version, might
0: be. Yeah. I mean the the underlying um architecture isn't all that different, but um, no, the reason not the all. reason I asked so you've got an Xbox and you've been playing it on your yeah. Xbox.
1: Yeah, and I I'm playing it on the um the Xbox One S, which is not the latest uh, one, but right. it works fine on it. And as a matter of fact, it looks amazing, mm-hmm. um, which is always great to see uh, on the older, you know, when you're playing, you know, on a machine that's, you know, four or five years old. Right, right. Um, to see that they they still had more tricks up their sleeve in, in terms of the hardware, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I'm sure it looks better if I had an Xbox One X or, you know, the latest and greatest, but I think uh,
0: one of the reasons that uh, Halo was prioritized to come mm-hmm. out yeah. and potentially even could be a money loser mm. is uh, it's one of those things that drives Xbox sales. And yes. I think that it's the hardware where Microsoft, the hardware and uh, things like uh, the Xbox Gold Pass and other types of subscription services, and the you know the other ancillary sales. So I think they probably have an opportunity to uh, to let that actually be a loss leader and to bring people you know into the ecosystem and and just spend more elsewhere.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it will. Uh, one thing about the Halo series mm-hmm. um, is it's it's relatively bug-free compared to most other titles of that caliber. Cause I play a lot of other titles that are, you know, of that, you know, where it was, you know, hundred, 200 developers, years right. of development, all that. Right. And there's a certain level of bugginess that you live with <laughs> in those games. <laughs> um, but you know what, in playing Halo, you don't even expect any of that. And you usually, you don't get any of that. Mm-hmm. It's usually pretty solid. So, I have to admit, in, yeah.
0: I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I, I stopped playing uh, World of Warcraft at the beginning uh-huh. of the year, or beginning of last year now. Uh, but one of the things that always impressed me is also, same thing, how, I don't want to say bug free it was, but how stable it was. There were bugs, uh, but but they weren't impactful. They weren't really big things and they weren't in your face all the time. Uh, it was, and given the size of that product, and especially, you, know, you and I both understand what it means to evolve something over multiple years in a development mm-hmm. team. Um, the fact that after all this time, as big as it is, that it was as stable as it was um, still, you're right, pretty darn impressive.
1: So speaking of not impressive, <laughs> the opposite, <laughs> I, have you ever gotten a COVID exposure notification on your phone?
0: I have not. The only Give notification me. I've had is if, for whatever reason, I've turned off Bluetooth on my phone, mm-hmm. and then it notifies me that, hey, we can't tell you anything if you don't turn oh. on Bluetooth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I So I got my first one. Did right? you? So, you know, Colorado's had it since, you know, whenever they... Yeah. roll that out we have to and um I, so underwhelmed by how useful it was so so the situation was this i got a, a notification said exposure alert i was like oh let me see and and i wasn't too alarmed because uh my wife and i decided boom, mm, probably actually right after christmas that we were going to kind of lock down Right. Um, because at that point, the numbers in Denver and in Colorado looked pretty good. Like we were one of the states that was not experiencing the Omicron, you know, jump. We knew that wasn't going to last. Right. right. So we're like, all right, let's get ahead of this thing. We know for a fact, it's definitely going to happen here in Colorado. And it has. Uh, so we're going to, you know, the day after Christmas, we're like, that's it. Let's just, let's just limit everything severely for the next month or so. Right. It's cold anyway. Who wants to go out? So, um, so yeah, so around, uh, it was like January 2nd, no, January 1st, maybe, I don't know. I got a, uh, notification and the first, so I was like, well, I haven't been anywhere in like a week. <laughs> How could I possibly I've gotten exposed? Um, I mean, it's like, oh, I ran to the supermarket really quick, you know? Uh, well, it was 10 days. It said, there was an exposure 10 days ago, which I was like, 10 days ago. Wow. Okay. That's not so particularly useful. Fine. I've been fine, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, what where was I 10 days ago? 10 days ago would have been before Christmas. Well, that was a particular day where we did something again that seemed stupid in retrospect, but remember the numbers were way down here in Colorado at that point. Right. Um, we went to a mall briefly, one of the largest malls <laughs> in the area. And the reason was, is because we had this uh, idea. One of us in the family had an idea that let's get ugly Christmas sweaters. <laughs> and there was a store supposedly in this mall that sold ugly Christmas sweaters. And we parked right outside the entrance that was right by the store. We ran in. And sure enough, this store was amazing, right? And we were pretty much in and out of there really quick with really ugly sweaters. I actually got a really nice blue Hanukkah sweater. It's so obnoxious. <laughs> it's you know, fantastic. I was very I happy. pictures. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so that was fun, but then it occurred to me, it's like that must have been it. And then yeah. it was like, well, wait a minute, of course that was it. That was a few days before Christmas at a shopping mall. That place was packed. Okay. Yep. There were thousands and thousands of people there. It would have been much more remarkable if. There had been nobody there <laughs> that had been exposed to COVID. Right? I mean, everybody was wearing masks. We wore, wore our masks. We didn't, ha- you know, go all these different places. Right. We just got our business done, got out there. Probably a far lower than average time in the mall compared to anybody else. We didn't eat anything there, so we didn't have to take off our masks or anything. So, and it's like been ten days. So, but I was like, man, it wasn't that useful because first of all, that's a huge mall. So, you know, as I said, I'm sure somebody there did test positive for COVID at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, where were they? On the opposite side of the mall? Were they in the st- store next door to us? Were they? You I know- was
0: under the impression that at a minimum they were okay. within Bluetooth range, and uh, that they're factoring that kind of thing into it. So that Maybe. it's a it multi level mall. <laughs> somebody, somebody else at the uh, Ugly Sweater Store.
1: May, or well, I don't know that there weren't many people there. It is a multi-level mall. So there were right. people below us and or True. above us. I can't I remember. I don't know if they there. can handle that in the end. Out- yeah. 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 And, and so anyway, 10 days, it wasn't very useful.
0: Yeah. To, to That's that the definition. part that, that bothers me the most is like at 10 days,
1: by then you've probably already yeah. developed uh, symptoms. Especially so. Omicron. Now, you know, right. the original alpha, aversion or what's the I, I don't remember if the original COVID was just COVID-19 and it was just COVID 19. Yeah. mutation was alpha. So the original COVID 19, it was a very long you know right. it was common for people that were exposed 10 days or more to then develop sy- symptoms after that time. But as I understand it, Omicron's a lot faster. Yep. Um to the point Delta, where now Delta
0: was supposedly four days and Omicron something yeah. like
1: three. So 10 days was kind of ridiculous. Uh and then I actually went on to Reddit, and there was a, a local thread about this exact thing. Nothing to do with my situation, but somebody actually got a 14-day notification, <laughs> which was really ridiculous. Um, and it, and and you know, it kind of bothered me because early on, when they introduced this, I thought, ah, this is the tech way to do it. This is the solution. This is how you know before the vaccine and all of that. This is how we can solve this problem. With these mobile phone exposure notifications, but I think it's gone wrong for a few reasons. First, of course, all the privacy stuff, right? Not being able to tell you the specific details because they, they don't want, they don't want it to be, if they said, Hey, you were exposed at 4.14 PM at this spot, Then then you could be like, Oh, I was with only one other person. Right. That was at that spot. They must have tested positive for COVID. And now you violated their privacy because now you know they have COVID. Um, So the idea is for it to be a little more anonymous. Um, That kind of got in the way. Uh, Also, you know, just, uh, you know, I don't know. I think maybe what they could have done is they could still maybe make it somewhat anonymous, but maybe give give a rating. Like, you know, how serious is this? Like right. if, if you, if there were very few people at that location and you were exposed f- to that person for a long period of time, right. Tell me it's a f- four or, you know, four out of five, right. right? Or if it's just, I passed by somebody right. and it was a, it, it was a brief, less than a minute thing. And there were lots of other people in the area. So, you know, it, it, you may not have even been that close, um, and then say it's a one out of five and then let me, you know, be able to then maybe, you know, instead of the boy, you cried wolf kind of thing, right. Or maybe I now I get a few of these and then the one that I should be paying attention to, I don't, um, you know, show me a one out of five, one out of five, two out of five, and then a five out of five. Oh boy, you were near somebody for a long period of time. You really do need to get tested now. Um, so that could uh- be. That could be, could be
0: part of it. I, I wonder also, because the, the system relies on two things. It relies on uh, proximity detection, so you're yeah. close to somebody. But it also relies on reporting, that the person that you are close to yeah. then somehow reported that they developed COVID, that they eventually tested positive for COVID. Right. Um, there's... I'm wondering if if that is perhaps the most responsible for the delay? because of course, there's going there's time, there's a delay for them, regardless of you know wherever they happen to be within the um, within the progression of covid. Mm-hmm. so you know if if they didn't realize that they didn't even get tested for five days because they just you know developed some symptoms, they didn't think much of it., uh, so there's a five day delay right there, right? Yep. Uh, and then, uh, I'm wondering also if I don't know how the reporting happens. If it's voluntary on the point of the on the part of the individual, then they could just never get around to it or not have gotten around to it for oh, several sure. days or whatever. If it's voluntary or mandated or whatever on the part of the system, the hospital or wherever they happen to get tested, there's an opportunity for bureaucratic delay. I think mm-hmm. that ultimately that technology really only works if those delays aren't present. Not to mention the fact that uh, I also don't know what the adoption rate is like out there. How many people actually have the app installed? I would be shocked, absolutely shocked, if anything over like ten percent of people have that app installed on their phone. Here, uh, there just hasn't been that much publicity about it. There hasn't been that much press push for it. There just it, it's just it's not installed enough to be useful anymore.
1: Well, I mean the the main part of it is is part of the operating system, is part of Android and iOS. So you don't need to have an app installed.
0: Um I do. Yeah,
1: I definitely do not.
0: Oh, interesting. I thought the uh-huh. I thought it was the underlying technology to enable apps like this yeah. was part of the operating nope. system, uh, but not the actual notification. Interesting. No. I didn't realize
1: yeah. that. So the uh so yeah, and, and then of course there's the other aspect of it is that we had And we're still in kind of a shortage of testing kits right now. So um, had I, part of my decision to be like, oh, it was 10 days ago. I feel fine. I'm just going to, I guess I'm going to have to ignore this. And now to be clear, now it's like 17 days ago or something like that. But I was the fact I couldn't get a testing kit if if I wanted to. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, the best I could have done is maybe made an appointment for 48 hours by calling my doctor and doing all this stuff, going through all these hoops to actually go in for an actual test. And even those, the reports were that it was tough, especially if you didn't have any symptoms, Right. it was going to be hard for them to allow you to get tested. Now, the testing kits, everybody ran out of them because just before Christmas, everybody decided all of a sudden, after all year of people being like, eh, about testing, uh, suddenly it kind of caught on. <laughs> Um, and maybe it was Omicron. I don't know, but, uh, suddenly everybody just decided, you know, there was a tipping point in testing kits and everybody decided to start getting testing kits. And then I know earlier in the year, I believe I read that the companies making testing kits scaled back because they weren't selling as many. Oh, right. Right. And now of course there's huge demand and just before Christmas testing kits could not be found anywhere so you had that situation where it was like oh thanks for the information i feel fine and i don't think there's anything i could do about it anyway anyway right uh so i mean maybe if i worked in an office maybe i would have been like oh maybe i should i don't know wait 14 days i don't know but the uh but yeah so that's a kind of that's kind of a problem if you don't have the testing kits you can't get tested, then the exposure notifications kind of don't work. It kind of falls apart.
0: Yep. Yep. All it really does is if you already have symptoms, then it gives you a slightly higher confidence that, yeah, Yeah. maybe these symptoms are COVID as opposed to not. Yeah. So related. Yes. um, I did get tested for COVID. Okay. uh, The day after Christmas. Mm -hmm. Uh, in fact, we ended up canceling or postponing our Christmas dinner plans because uh, one of the attendees let us know that someone he knew mm. had tested positive for COVID. And there had been enough um, interaction between both my friend and that person and then myself and my friend that uh, there was a possibility of a chain of exposure And Mm -hmm. some of the other people that were planning on attending our dinner were immunocompromised. So it was like, you know, discretion is the better part of valor. Let's just, you know, postpone it for a couple of weeks. And that's what we ended up doing. But that left me in an interesting position because I may have been exposed. I may not have been exposed. And then, of course, Christmas Eve night, Mm -hmm. I got sick. Uh, the symptoms weren't necessarily classic COVID-related symptoms, but they were still on the list. So when I went to my healthcare provider, they have a little checklist. You know, did you do? You, you do this? Did you have any respiratory problems? Do you have a fever? Yada yada yada. And there were enough check boxes that I ticked on that list. They said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should probably come in and have a test. Um, the day after Christmas was, of course, Sunday, the twenty-sixth. So I said, fine, they happen to have one of the drive-through testing centers, uh, not far from me, open. Great. Uh I will get there first thing. They open at one in the afternoon. I will get there at like 1250 and we'll just, you know, zip right through. Think again. Uh, Apparently, I was not alone. I spent an hour waiting in Uh line. And they were actually churning through them relatively quickly. There were I, I timed them; they were doing one test about every three minutes, uh, and so there were a lot of people getting tested, a lot of people uh, uh, in line, and uh, I happened to be one of them. The good news, I mean, we you know we I think I told you we've got the snowfall had happened then, so it was all. Yeah. Outdoors, cold, left the engine running. You know, just stayed warm and all that kind of stuff. Environmentally unfriendly, but you know, there you are. Then they told me when I got the test. Well, you know, it could take you know twenty-four to seventy-two hours. In other words, one to three yeah. days.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And sure enough, uh, as the seventy-second hour approached, uh, approached, bah, the uh, the results came back and it was negative. But uh, it just once again. And, of course, the symptoms that I had been experiencing were long gone. I was feeling fine. Uh, but it was one of those things where, you know, yeah, I understand it. I understand the the ramp up in demand. And actually, the long lines at testing stations is definitely a news story here. We're hearing that a lot. Uh, the fact that I will only waited an hour is apparently uh, a good thing, right? There were there were opportunities to spend a lot more time in line, but uh, you know the, the the delay in getting the results. I mean, at that point, did it really help? Um, had I really been sick and needed to see someone, they would have tested me again more quickly. I, I don't know. It just it was an interesting experience to have gone through, but I was glad to have come back.
1: Nick yeah, it. there's a lot of people that are um, you know a, a lot of areas, including Denver, that the same thing. A lot uh, long lines. Uh, especially around christmas um after before and after uh long test times um it's you know uh, looking into it it almost seems like a better option nowadays is are the at home 15 minute tests particularly right. doing two of them you know because there's a, they're not as good as the the clinical tests right but if you you know they come in pairs so the idea being that you get a pair uh, you, I, I forget if it's twenty-four or thirty-six hours, but you you do one, regardless of the result, you do it again, which uh, twenty-four hours or later. So yep. you ha- so you know maybe if they're only ninety percent or eighty percent effective, doing two of them, right? You know, you if you get that double positive, right? Then it's a fairly, you know, certain thing that you know you've got COVID. Um, if you get a double negative, it's fairly certain you don't. It's only if you get the split. Right. That uh, perhaps, you know, you, then you have to maybe go in for another test. But yeah, but they're hard to they're hard to come by. Uh, right. People all over look asking, does anybody have any uh, that kind of thing? I think my um, wife has some on order right now. But it's yeah, one of those I do things too. Where because um, they'll show up when they show up. It's just, you know, ex- yeah. exactly. That was my yeah. feeling It's like, well, it doesn't look like you can get them anywhere now. So I did find on Amazon. You can order some Um you know, a lot of places, you know, Walgreens, CVS, they were like out of stock. That's it. It's like, well, I just, let me place an order, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, if you send them, send them to me in a month, you know, but, uh, they won't, but at least Amazon lets you go and say, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll send you some as soon as we get them in stock. Yep. Uh, so that's what I did. But, um, but, but yeah. yeah,
0: technology is not the answer yet or at least the the way the technology has been implemented so far. Well, just, I'm hoping
1: there. I'm hoping testing now becomes much more of an important part of this because of everything that happened over the last couple of weeks, the shortages of tests. Mm-hmm. you know people don't you know if nothing will get people to want something more. They're telling you they can't it. have it. <laughs> so all, a lot of people that were like, ah, test, test. No, suddenly it's like you can't get tests anywhere. What? You know, you have stories of people going like to every Walgreens in their entire metro area to see who's got tests. You know, and I'm hoping then a lot of people like you and me put them on order and we'll get them in. And, uh, and then people, you know, months from now will be in a Walgreens. and like, they had some testing kits. So I bought a couple, you know, and then people will actually use them. Uh, I, the thing that always makes me a little, uh, scared of having the testing kits is the fact that I'm the type of person that's always, my whole life has had s- slight sinus issues, mm-hmm. right? So long before COVID was ever here, uh, you know, it wasn't unusual for once a week <laughs> for me to feel stuffed up right, or congested. Or, you know, go go to sleep, especially like a day day like today where I've done uh, one of my videos and now I'm talking to you for an hour. It wouldn't be unusual for me if maybe if my wife and I get into a conversation later tonight for me to go to sleep with a sore throat Right. Yep. because I'm just getting older and talking gives me a sore throat. And then to feel like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning with cold symptoms or nothing because the way my throat feels. So I just worry about once i have some testing kits in the house being like uh should i be taking them now <laughs> i'm i'm a little congested um uh, my I'd, I'd, a little bit you know i'd
0: wait for some more serious symptoms before, well, yeah, before pulling out the test
1: well yeah cuz you <laughs> Invest have to in a good thermometer right well cuz the problem you have is being uh, you know fully vaxxed and boosted is that a lot of the reports are that it's extremely mild when right. you get it for, in most yeah. cases, right? It could be anything, but in most cases, I have a friend actually who, who did get COVID over Christmas was uh, vaccinated and boosted and said it was the only reason he knew was because a friend that he spent time with did come down with COVID told him. So he took a at-home test and it came out positive
0: positive. Interesting. and he
1: said, so I guess that slight little sore throat I felt that night and right. the little bit of runny nose i had the next day that was it but then it was over i would never have thought i had covid except that i happened to take a test right then because somebody told me that right. you know that i knew that i had covid so it's the same kind of thing it's like yeah i mean if somebody if i could somehow you know look in my system log file <laughs> <laughs> well, i don't know why we don't have those all my computers have them but if we could look at my system log file and it showed that like a week ago i had covid i would not be completely shocked because i always have some sort of symptom
0: i've you um, know i've i've had that dream <laughs> where where i have a system, system log, log file and and i've got a bug that i can fix by changing a line of
1: code or at least look at the you know look at the history maybe yes. you have a uh, just at least give me Two or three levels of undo would be nice as well. I could use that all the time, especially while cooking. A couple levels of undo would be good in the kitchen. Um, you know, just some stand- stuff that's standard on even the cheapest computer. We don't even have it ourselves yet. So there, so
0: there was something that you wanted to mention last week that we didn't yes. get to. That
1: yeah, you've so got more on the list. fun stuff. <laughs> no, so, okay, so you, you, you did not, as I understand it, see the movie, Don't Look Up. I have not seen
0: it. Okay. Correct. I've heard lots about so, it,
1: but yeah. Well, I, I mean, I guess I, I do my, I, I can warn everybody about mild spoilers. Do you yeah, spoil,
0: spoil the heck out of it for me? I'm okay. 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 So, I, I don't mind.
1: I mean, it's a show obviously from the trailer, you can get that, a, you know, a comet hits the earth and kills everyone. Um, but, what the movie's about is everybody's reaction to that coming to that happening. Um, which is already an anxiety-inducing thing for me. For instance, uh, you know, in the past when I've read books, sci-fi books that have had that kind of premise, there's a little bit of anxiety. Now, usually the anxiety isn't that bad because usually the world is saved at the end of these books, right? Uh, just about every science fiction book about that the world is either saved or the or the world is completely destroyed. It's about like. Uh, you know, some sort of, uh, aftermath. I remember there's, uh, yeah, during, or,
0: or uh, humanity makes some massive exodus or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, so it's, but you know, this is going to be one of those books where that doesn't happen. Now, the last thing I read, I read the book seven eaves by, uh, Neil Stevenson, the first half of the book is about something far worse than a comet that absolutely cannot be stopped. And, uh, and it's half a book of complete total anxiety for me, but the second half of the book is 5,000 years in the future. And the survivors have, you know, Uh, Built a new civilization. So I was able to get over it. This is not that kind of thing. Uh, So the anxiety of the comet hitting, that's already something. What really got me, though, what really set off anxiety for me was everybody's uh, reaction to it the kind of anti science, anti or, you know, uh, pro politics, uh, conspiracy theory, people going nuts kind of thing that went on. Uh, in reaction to this news that a comet was going to come feel a little it, too close to home extremely and that was the problem was right. it was very realistic some of the stuff like for instance the name of the movie don't look up was actually uh, at the point where the comet's visible the scientists trying to convince the world that they need to do something uh basically say just look up and it becomes a meme just look up well there becomes a don't look up movement with hats <laughs> um and it just felt very real a lot of the a lot of the things that went on in the movie um are for that uh you know the denial the the mm-hmm. the president only uh deciding to take it seriously because of slagging uh poll numbers poll numbers yep, yep. and um the, uh the abort uh, they abort a mission to actually deflect the comet uh because uh there's some uh, i guess information that the comet may actually have valuable minerals on it so maybe we could do something to kind of capture it <laughs> so you know let's uh let's get a little closer to imminent death but because we could be rich um that kind of thing it just was ex- extremely extremely uh realistic i felt now if you're someone like me who kind of already has anxiety about stuff that goes on in the world today um this was just a huge trigger and i didn't really need the movie i understand what the movie is there i understand the purpose of the movie i didn't need it and all it did was make me (laughs) anxious but you watched Um, it anyway (laughs) but i think there are probably uh, for some people it might actually be enlightening right and in that case you know, good. Um, It's interesting. I mean, every character in the movie behaves in some sort of very, uh, unfortunately, I'm going to use the word human, (laughs) human way, uh, you know, with distractions and uh, denial Mm -hmm. and a lot of stuff, except one character, that one character played by Jennifer Lawrence is the only person that behaves completely rationally. The entire movie basically is terrified and deeply upset. And basically, like, you probably should be behaving. Right. And she is labeled by everybody as being unstable and mentally ill constantly. Like, those words are used all the time, you know? And it's like, but she's the only one acting like you're supposed to act. So anyway, I, I have not, I still am losing sleep after seeing this. And I still go over it in my head and think about it wouldn't really happen that way because... And sometimes I have difficulty coming up with the "because."
0: The, uh, the I, I take some solace in the fact that um, the chances of Earth being hit by yeah. anything large enough to cause that kind of a problem are, no pun intended, astronomical. Uh, yeah, and that's uh, and so. That's well, that's that's how I sleep at
1: night. Yeah, but, yeah but here's absolutely, the thing. I I understand that
0: people would not. Yeah.
1: But here's the thing. It's not supposed to be about a comet hitting the earth. I understand. It's supposed to be about climate change.
0: (laughs) It's a a metaphor.
1: And the thing is that it's, I think it's originally supposed to be about climate change, but also the pandemic really fits into it a little too well, you know, even just the whole idea of like suggested by a lot of people of like, just let it run through the population um that would be fine like then you know it'll be fine we'll be done with it and we can move on and of course now we know in countries where that did happen uh we got mutations and then we got delta we got omicron yep uh, because of it running through the population so clearly that that was a bad idea originally and it became a worse idea after it was actually kind of done um and then the climate change kind of thing too is very much, you know, the whole idea of like, oh, let's not destroy the comet because we might be able to profit off of it. Right. It Really feels like the whole climate change thing. Just like, let it, oh, let, we'll let take care somewhere. of climate change, but yeah. uh, it's not be, not so fast because we're making lots of money right now. Yeah. Um. Anyway. So.
0: Well, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm sorry for your anxiety triggers.
1: <laughs> yes, and I don't I, can, I don't get anxiety. I'm not. I've never had it, an issue really. This has been the most anxiety uh, driven thing ever my entire life, including uh, things that have actually been happening to me, not fictional things I've seen on TV. Yeah, I suspect
0: I'll probably sidestep it because I would probably, I don't know that I would get anxious or any more anxious, but I would probably just get more frustrated at the stupidity. Um, Again, just because. Uh, it's such a reflection on what's actually happening.
1: It was it was so nice to actually then retreat into the world of uh, The Witcher, also on Netflix. Uh, no yes. anxiety there. It's just a great story and all that.
0: So I have a, a long list of shows that I was watching uh, that yeah. we ended up completing in just the last couple of weeks series. Uh, I don't recall which ones we've talked about before, but... Uh, wheel of time, thumbs mm-hmm. up, looking forward to another season of that. Um, they did a pretty reasonable job with it. I'm, I'm far enough away from the book that I actually don't remember if, you know, how, how close to Canon it's actually, uh, sticking, but mm-hmm. it was an enjoyable series with lots of good things to look at and experience, uh, Witcher season two. Yep. Enjoyed mm-hmm. that one as well. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to season three, uh, lost in space, the final season, uh, and they did a nice job of wrapping up the story. But uh,
1: I can't. I I, uh, I enjoyed the other seasons.
0: There. So the, the, seasons. the only real issue I have with Lost in Space is that um, there was a lot of uh, I'm not even sure how to pronounce it Deus ex machina. Uh, basically, uh, you know, random things that suddenly solve problems
1: mm. that
0: uh, you wouldn't necessarily have expected. But uh, even so, uh, it was a it's a good story, well told, and I enjoyed watching that. Uh, watch another life. Have you familiar with that one? I don't. It sounds familiar. Maybe I have seen. It's um, it's got Starbuck from uh, from Battlestar Galactica is the primary, okay. and it's a, a alien invasion story essentially hmm. okay uh, but no, then we
1: can,
0: we're also going out into space to try and um, uh, find a new home for humanity at the same time and lots of questions about whether or not these aliens are uh, have our best interests in mind they claim to be wanting to help us they but are they really uh, anyway lots of lots of interesting plot twists uh, some really good uh, uh envisioning of what a sentient AI might look like and how it might behave uh, in, in many of those scenarios. So that was season two. So there's two seasons of that one out there. And I suspect that there's probably not going to be a season three Mm. uh, just because a, I think they wrapped up the story. And although that's, it's potentially also open for continuation, but it, it wrapped up kind of sort of cleanly and I'm just not sure it actually did that well. And then in non-science fictiony stuff, uh, we ended up watching The Sinner, season two, which is a murder mystery uh, scenario that. Uh, what I find kind of interesting. The, the murder mysteries that I'm used to are the episodicals, where you have, you know, every hour there's a new murder, uh-huh. right? <laughs> every hour episode, it's a completely self-contained story. But this is another case of you know a story with again lots of twists lots of nuances you don't end up where you think you you're headed uh, by the time you know when you start uh that is spread out over eight episodes it's got bill pullman as the primary Uh, it is the second season there's a third season out there that will probably start up at some point but that's how i spent my christmas vacation (laughs) watching a lot of a lot of these shows and and actually really enjoying most of them
1: Yeah. Well, I saw your list and I was uh, trying to add one maybe that you hadn't heard of and i was successful. Um, We started watching a show. uh, It's on Netflix and it's actually a French television series. Uh, It's four seasons in Um, it's called call my agent. Mm -hmm. And it is uh, a, a, it's like six episode, one hour episodes. Uh, It's about a, a talent agency um, in Paris and uh, it's, excellently done reminded me a lot of like aaron sorkin type of stuff Hmm. um just excellent episodes with you know an an arc you know over the season um it has a a little bit of a gimmick that won't mean much to americans (laughs) uh in every episode there's one or two actual real famous uh french actors oh that that apparently are represented by this agency right sure so of course you know we won't recognize them uh you you know they start talking about them and then they appear and then you get you know your laptop out or your phone out look at internet movie database (laughs) and find out that oh they've made uh, 115 french films and they're definitely are extremely famous and every single thing they've said about their life and history is actually true right (laughs) right in this you know so um it's always one fun. Point, Cameos uh, like that are always kind of fun. Yeah. At one point there's a mother and daughter two two uh, actors that are mother and daughter and yeah, they really are mother and daughter and all that. Uh, so uh, yeah. Anyway, it doesn't, you know, it, it's hard to describe how good it is because there's not much to hook, right? It's, Oh, it's about a talent agency in Paris. It's, it's, it's very good. I mean, you have to read on the screen. There is no English uh, dubbing. Okay. Might be the, and I'm thinking there's a, might be a reason for that, but anyway, um, so you have to read on screen if you don't speak French, and I tell you uh, that was no problem because it was kind of riveting television. Oh. So yeah, cool. So check that out.
0: As always, the closest thing we have to a sponsor are our own blatant (laughs) self-promotions. This week, I am uh, going to point folks at an article I updated recently. It's called, I know my password is right, but I can't sign in. What do I do? I get so much pushback on this particular topic. People are absolutely, positively convinced that their password is correct,
1: Mm.
0: and it's not. Uh, for a variety of reasons. Anyway, that's askleo.com slash 15079.
1: That's a good idea. I think I might actually do an episode similar to that. Yep. Um, so, so many reasons um, it could be wrong. Yeah. So many reasons. One of the, of course, one of my fears in doing an episode like that, I don't know if you've experienced this yet is that you're still going to get pushback. Of course. It, no matter how many reasons you give yep. um, there's still going to be people that says, Nope, I'm g- absolutely right. And, you know, uh, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things. My video I'm going to talk about is I did a video that uh, uh, went live New Year's Eve and it's, so uh, what's to come from Apple in 2022. So my kind of educated guesses as to what we can expect uh, from Apple coming this year.
0: Cool. Should be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that pretty much wraps us up for another week.
1: Uh, Let's see. The show
0: notes are over at tehpodcast.com slash teh152. If you've got a comment or a question, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at The TEH Podcast, or even better, leave us a comment on that show notes page. As always, thank you very much for listening, and we will see you again here next week.
1: Bye-bye. Bye.